and his streak was created that day when Shakib Alasanen co beat Australia 3-0 in the five match series when they were able to carve out historical day in the world of cricket in the world of Bangladeshi cricket and in their hearts and the hearts of all the Bangladeshi tigers it was a truly amazing day when they beat Australia for Australia it was a day of embarrassment a day of sorrow and a cumulative two months of horrible cricket being played to join me in this amazing episode the amazing third episode of voices with a little bit of prilad i have another amazing passionate cricket guru in riyansh riyansh havido hi hi prilad i'm great how are you yeah man doing well doing well i think we're all very hooked to the India England series that's going Definitely. on right now and it's it's going to be a blast at least the way things are going right now. Yep. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh the Australia Bangladesh series. Were you able to catch that? How what did you think of the series? I mean what can you say? I think it was a I think Bangladesh played really 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 good cricket and uh, Australia even though they were sent out there uh, lower spec team with not their strongest players they played really bad cricket and that team flopped so i personally i think it was more it it uh, bangladesh won because of their merit than actually australia's um, a loss because they bowled really 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 well to get australia all out like 62 in the last game i know that was that was shocking and i mean i'll take you back to the pitch now i was i so i kind of identify myself as an australian supporter having been born in australia and all so i follow australian cricket and indian cricket i mean very intensely and um and i was watching those matches on fan court so when i was watching those matches i realized one thing the pitch was extremely slow and sluggish and it was very difficult to score um so when you have that in mind it was both teams were just unable to score more than 130 i don't think uh teams went above 130 135 yeah, definitely a bowling pitch, like a spin friendly pitch that i think you can expect in a subcontinent subcontinent exactly pitch so i thought that was completely normal yeah it is and it, it it equals it out now for both teams so both teams had to play you know play spin well uh yep. that's been a problem for australia from i think so long now i think playing spin Yeah, also their best players didn't really play, and their their batsmen I don't think had enough practice playing spin anyway because they are again Australian cricketers, and a lot of them don't have the experience of subcontinent conditions. Probably only Matthew Wade and maybe Dan Christian right. uh, actually have proper experience playing subcontinent, which is otherwise I don't think a lot of them really did. So you can say that too. um as as a part yeah i get it and i i understand what you're trying to say my you know when i was looking at the 11 or you know most of the the squad for yeah. australia uh there was an interesting stat i came upon that is the um in the current australian sides whoever is contracted by cricket australia for playing the current year right um out of that the five batsmen the top five batsmen with the lowest average okay all feature in t20 internationals all featured in the single 11 in the t20 that was how it was so the- yeah that i think sad is justified because of the result too um yeah true. yeah i mean 
looking at the team, I thought that okay, they are taking Bangladesh too lightly, lightly, exactly. And uh, they shouldn't actually. That's I think that's the same thing that happened with India Sri Lanka when it, India took Sri Lanka slightly lightly, but okay, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, looking at the squad, I thought, okay, they're probably, they're taking um, Bangladesh to lightly. And Bangladesh, again, proved them wrong. I'm very happy for Shaki Walasan and Co. And I really do think they have, they have the confidence going to the T20 World Cup, I believe, uh, which can help them quite a lot. Most certainly. And that confidence is something Australia doesn't have. Because you mentioned, right, so many of their key players are. And look at these, who these key players are. Aaron Finch, David Warner. I mean, these are like this opening partnership between both of them is so formidable. It's like your Rohit Sharma and Shikhar Dhawan when you compare them India. And then you put in Josh Philippi and Ben McDermott. It it doesn't <laughs> add that flair, no? Definitely. If you and I think in the last game, Dan Christian and Matthew had opened. I'm not right, sure. right, yeah. right. So you have no stability in the team at all. Uh, your players are constantly changing. Your order is constantly changing. Players are confused how to play. They aren't able to adapt. It definitely looks like a recipe for failure, according to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would hundred percent agree, wholly agree. Because even you know, to some extent, like it's, it's just a very Im- imbalanced team. If you have a look, so Josh Philippi has got a lot of opportunities in New Zealand. He had some. Yeah, and he's not yeah. performing. He's uh, not performing. Um, he's great in the BBL, but not performing. Ben McDermott is okay, okay. He's just very slow. Um, and I do, I think he's much suited for the ODI, you know, format rather than... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one positive, I think, coming out from, you know, the batting woes that Australia faced was Mitchell Marsh. And, um, you know, he played so well in West Indies. I think he got 50 almost every innings he played. You know, one or two, batting one or two. And same thing in Bangladesh. He was Australia's top scorer. Also. Yep, yep. Def- the last game. Uh, yeah, ex- not counting the last game. Last game. Definitely, Michel Marsh, I think, uh, I think, yeah, definitely batted well and proved himself as a good bat- uh, batsman. And... Um, yeah, and I'm happy for him. I think he's made a comeback after pretty long as well. So, uh, it's good to see him back. He needed the runs, definitely. Definitely. Uh, he was um, not in good touch. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, um, you know, that's very, you know, that's very good to talk about. Especially on a positive note for Australia, I think that's one thing they can look out for. One guy has cemented his place in the... You know, in the squad, definitely. I mean, there yeah, are yeah. talks about Steve Smith not playing the World Cup, a T20 World Cup, because he wants to focus on the Ashes and all, uh, which could be scary. I mean, luckily, Maxwell will be there, Stoinis will be there, maybe Kane Richardson, Jai Richardson, who are all missing on this tour. Uh, even the likes of, you know, Warner and Finch. I think Finch is undergoing surgery, but should be fine um, at least when the World yeah. Cup uh, comes in. So, I want to ask you, um, you know, talking about Bangladesh playing really good cricket. We've seen them um, upset India in the past. Not a series win, but even yeah, yeah, but a match win. Like, and, uh, yeah. Definitely. So, what's what's your take on that? Like, why, what do you think Bangladesh has that they keep upsetting these big teams? I, They've I, done it before. Yeah, I think Bangladesh has the, like, the fire in them to prove everyone wrong, which some teams might not. And for this series especially, um, I think their opening partnership has also worked off. 
uh, in the last game they opened with uh, Hassan and Sarkar. In yes. uh, sorry, they opened with Hassan instead of Sarkar. Yeah. And um, and then they made thirty three of the first three overs. And um, so what I feel is that um, they have the fire in them and they want to prove and they are hungry for runs. Other than a team like Australia, who is kind of taking Bangladesh really lightly and doesn't really care. Uh, I think also Bangladesh. Looking at the game, Bangladesh had more clarity and more coordination in them. Even looking at the fielding and how they were on the field, Australia looked slightly lost. I think Bangladesh had more clarity. Certainly, and if you look at you talking about stability earlier, na. So if yeah. you look at that, um, Bangladesh. I think they were other than like forced changes or one or two changes in the series. I think the first two or even three T Twenties they were unchanged. Um, they were they had they were very stable. In other words, in their uh, batting order, in their overall team order, and they knew that you know we start off bowling with either we have Shakib bowl in you know in the first in the power play or we have. Saifuddin or Nasum Ahmed, you know, give it a shot in the beginning. Yeah. Going the spinners. Whereas Australia, you had first they started with Stark Hazelwood, then they had Hazelwood, and then they had Ty for a while. Then they said, okay, we'll give it to Ashton Turner to start off. So constant changes between yeah, cause, bat and so ball. That proves that they aren't confident, and that shows that they aren't confident with their team at all. Now you talked about Shakib bowling. Ah, uh, a very interesting stat I came upon. Shakib. After Lasith Malinga is the uh, only bowler to reach hundred wickets in T20s. Wow! It's only him and Lasith Malinga are the only are the only two players to have hundred um, wickets in T20s, and that just shows along with Shaki being the batsman who he is, he can also bowl really really well and can be very economical. Correct, and he was he was a judged uh, man of the match, I think, and man of the series. Man of the series. I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah, man of the series. So both. Yeah. So brilliant uh, for Shakib on that hand, and we'll move on. You know, from just Australia's batting, um, because we know, I mean, it's not been the greatest of batting, uh, well, memories for Australia. To let's let's talk about you know the captaincy. So we saw. Alex Carey captained them against West Indies in the ODIs, right? And, and then India, now Matthew now Wade. So with the again, even in captaincy, you're seeing the change when Carey is still clearly playing in the same side as Matthew Wade, but Wade is captain and not Carey. So what does that tell you? Yeah, that clearly tells that the um, the, the team is lost. Without the senior players, I believe that team is lost. So, uh. Either the transition didn't happen, or um, even if we don't look at the and even if and my I was really confused. Even though Alex Harry is playing, he's still not captain. And now we can't see the series. I think we can. Um, Matthew Wade, I think after the uh, series or after one match, had said that they didn't uh, play spin properly as well, and they need to improve. So now, um, okay, I think Matthew Wade was did an. Like a below-average job, but I think Alex Harry is a better leader than Matthew Wade. Correct. Because uh, Matthew Wade keeps going in and out, even in the Test squad as well. So he's not a solidified player, and uh, I don't think um, he is the best leader. 
Correct. He's a here and there sort of player because we've seen he's there, he's been there in the test. He's yeah. And then he's go out, he goes he's out. Yeah, exactly. Same thing in the ODIs. He had one good performance, then, you know, a few starts and then gone. And in the T20, in the first game, he was there with Marsh for a 30 odd, you know, runs and then again disappointing. The last match, he was the top scorer for Australia with 20, 22 or something. So, yeah, 22. He's, I mean, he's a bits and pieces player. I don't want to say that, but. You know, that's the truth. He's there at times, and then at times he's just, you know, he's invisible. So that I yeah. think is again something that needs to be worked on if you're an Australian. Yeah, and either I think his I think the captaincy is putting pressure on him. He's not able to bat as well as he can. So okay. even if they if if they could uh, switch the captain to like uh, a more senior player, I don't understand why couldn't they make a bowler like Josh Hazelwood or someone the captain going into this because I think he was the most seasoned player entering this or even Mitchell Marsh. These, right. these guys have played in Australian cricket for a long time and they'd know how to uh, face these conditions. But I think I don't, I still don't understand why they made Matthew Wilton after the and after the West Indies series Alex Harry still being in the team I still don't understand why Alex Harry was made captain. I mean, not made captain. Not so. made captain and it doesn't I think it just doesn't add up. So, Josh Hazelwood has been vice-captain for Australia in many test matches that they've played, like against Pakistan and all. Yeah. Even when, you know, even when Steve Smith is there, when Tempain is captain, does uh, Josh Hazelwood, or usually they prefer having a bowler like Stark or Hazelwood uh, as a vice-captain. Vice so, that's what they usually do. Before, it was Smith and uh, Warner. But then, you know, after the Sandpaper Gate uh, scandal, yeah, yeah, they yeah. decided to change it up and it was working well. So, I think with and Stark, Hazelwood, Mitchell Marsh, all of them had experienced, at least, I think these are the three experienced legends. Experienced cricketers who were in the... Exactly, in the 11. And this is what I want to talk about, Australia's bowling. Um, they did restrict Bangladesh to really tough scores and they restricted them to, I think, 100-odd runs. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm... I think it was Australia's batting that let them down, not the bowling. Because I think, uh, I think Zampa bowled decent, and uh, after a comeback, after I think a long time, I don't think he played the India. I think the I don't think um, he's been playing too much cricket in the recent years. Correct. So um, I think um, I'm happy to see him come back and uh, bowl well. And I think they he's put he especially for this series and the pitches they've had. I think he has been try. I think he has been portrayed as a leader of the uh, pack, leader of the uh, bowling attack because he is the premium or exclusive spinner. Correct, right, and he is doing a good job. We had Ashton Agar also. He was he was very good versus New Zealand. Like I think it was yeah. a few months ago, he got a I got six wickets in that match, and then then on he's been okay. Even versus West Indies, he was all right, not bad. Uh, then. Versus Bangladesh, I think he was he was okay when he played. Uh, so that's you know a good thing for Australia. Their bowling has been all right. It's been fine. That piece was I think Hazelwood's just really good, really economical. Um, yeah, Hazelwood is, is uh, I think uh, that he he should ideally be happy out of this uh, series, even though they didn't win. He bowled particularly well, and I think I think he has a uh, I think he's practically solidified his place. Uh, in the T20 World Cup squad, even like he's actually just proved it himself more and that like put a stamp on the selectors. Correct. Talking back to you know stability, 
Hazelwood now again. You saw even in, in this series and in the one against uh, the one against uh, West Indies, he West was Indies. he bowled really well, right? But the problem is before that he didn't really play a lot of T20s. I think the last time he played T20s was in 2016 before this series because uh, the, the series against India when India toured there he was not there when India uh, when you know when uh, he India when, had come to Australia. Had, yeah, he was not there. So he's there when he's there he performs really well. But then he's not picked sometimes. Sometimes he decides to take a rest. Uh, which is all right at times, but it just brings in a lot of stability because you don't know when Jai Richardson is bowling or when Kane Richardson is bowling or when Stark or Hazelwood or Ty is bowling. But apart from those, you know, main pacers, and I want to talk about Ellis, Nathan Ellis, you know, while the debutant who got a hat trick. Uh, but just before I come to that, what do you make of, you know, just compare uh, India's depth? With like, yeah. Australia's depth, yeah, India yeah, yeah. can afford two lineups. <laughs> there was talk about playing two lineups in the same World Cup. Uh, <laughs> it's hypothetically an alright idea. But what do you have to say about Australia's depth? Yeah, so uh, I think they're trying to keep uh, Josh Hazelwood for the main tournaments and test games, like just to um, preserve him. And um, yeah, I think. Uh, if they uh, have someone like a like in, in India, uh, Bumrah doesn't play the small tours, right? Small tours by like Bumrah didn't go to Sri Lanka, Bumrah, Bumrah won't play Bangladesh. Um, so that they that is his and that is his um, uh, that is how exclusive he is that they would rather rest him than have him bowl in Bangladesh. So Sorry. I think because India has so much depth in talent and they have so many players to choose from they can afford these two lineups but on the other hand Australia does not have that many play- players to actually choose from like you see in the Sri Lanka series we still had an 18-man squad going out there in Sri Lanka and that could and that and quite a few players of those squad of that squad can actually play are at that World Cup level so like as you see, Suryakumar Yadav and Prithvi Shaw both are have already reached England. So the that's the level of talent India has, and that's the talent pool India has. So now I don't think Australia can afford to keep um um Hazelwood out for T20s after this because of how economical he has been in this series. And uh, I think definitely if he's fit, he will definitely play the World Cup. Um, the start about him. Not playing since 2016, I believe is um, again. I think he he had been injured for quite a bit, and I think again um, returning to my point, Australia don't want him to play T20s, um, or either they try to just save him for Test games, like I think how right. England saved Broad and Anderson for Test. Right, and that makes sense also. But um, you know when you talk about Josh Hazelwood or sometimes Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Stark in features a lot in the ODIs, and he was he was good against. Uh, West Indies also. Uh, talking about the bowling, you mentioned depth, right? And with depth, um, Ricky Ponting, uh, you know, cricketing legend for Australia, went on to say something. And he, that is, I think it's quite apt in this situation. He says, recent T20 uh, series defeats against uh, for Australia show the depth around Australian cricket is not where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, he says that, you know, when these big players, like Stoinis, Maxwell, the Richardsons, or Smith, maybe, 
as well as a few others when they play in the UAE, you know, the IPL uh, coming up next month. That will be good preparation for the T20 World Cup. But the current side is nowhere where it needs to be. At- yeah, exactly. Because I, I don't think they have any uh, young ex- players, upcoming players, batsmen in particular. Um, so I don't think, and again, Smith, I personally think Smith is not a T20 player. And um, he's very, very uh, full respect to Smith when he plays the test games. Um, but for T20, I think he's not that aggressive. Correct. Um, Correct. I agree. Yeah. So uh, in the India, so I think he's a really good ODI and uh, test player. But I, I don't think he's a T20 player. And again, David Warner, he has massive dips in forms. So, and uh, we don't know, uh, and we can't, uh, and Australia can't afford to have David Warner in a bad shape during the T20 World Cup. So, now that is another thing. Now, and even, and uh, Glenn Maxwell, I think Glenn Maxwell, uh, David Warner, um, the Richardsons, as you mentioned, and these are the top batsmen for Australia. And now, I think, as Ricky Pointing must, is probably saying, there is no depth. After these players, who do, there? I don't think there is anybody in the Australian side who can match their these uh, their level of play um, uh, in the coming future. So the, I think Ricky Pointing is clearly right on that. They lack there. There's no depth in talent. Basically, they're relying too much on these top uh, their core, and they don't have players to um, uh, actually go and. Um, uh, play and they don't have any young and upcoming players to go and play these series. Like uh, we saw, there were a few uh, young batsmen uh, who in this series flopped as well. Uh, but the bowling looks good. I think, um, as you say, Nathan Ellis, he got a, a hat trick in his debut game. I think that is a great achievement for him and good for Australian cricket that, okay, there is an upcoming bowler. And after Mitchell Stark. Uh, probably is going to retire because he's getting old now. There is still there is a bowler, if not better than I think just about as he, as good as him if he can play more and get more experience. Correct. He's got to be consistent. And uh, one thing I want to point out is you know Australia we as Australian cricket fan Australia's not really had that depth that you'd want to see, but you do have these you know for example I'll give you a few names. Ben Cutting, Chris Lynn, Nathan Coulton-Isle, uh, let's say Hilton Cartwright. These batsmen and these players and bowlers also are, you know, they have featured in one or two or three matches. I don't think they've been given, a, Chris Lynn has been given a few opportunities, but I would I would have wanted to see a little bit more maybe of Ben Cutting. Uh, he has potential, Nathan Coulton-Isle. Um, so we saw, you know, a few of the others. I think you could replace a lot of the batsmen and bowlers who are not really in form. But these this, these players that I'm naming are not exactly, you know, they're not exactly signifying depth of sort. But they are, you know, showing you a basic, you know, uh, basic, let's, let's call it uh, a blueprint that Australia does have all right cricketers. It's just that, you know, they are busy playing, let's say, some of them are playing the 100. I think Chris Lynn is playing the 100. Yeah, he is playing the 100. And uh, I don't know what uh, the others, like Ben Cutting and Indian Coulton Isle are doing. But it kind of it kind of hurts you as an Australian, uh, you know, fan that you, you are 
you know, you've won the World Cup so many times. You you were number one in T20 for a short while. I think in the last two years, they, Australia was number one for a while. Um, you were you were at the top when you beat um, New Zealand uh, in when New Zealand came for the Test match series. Is what I'm talking about. They were playing really well, and Australia looked formidable. But then India came. India beat Australia, and India beat Australia with a potentially, you know, um, a really really weak team. Yeah. And that was the thing that last two matches they had really weak. In the first two matches, uh, India or the first match they was played. They, yeah, they had a strong team, but then then obviously Kohli going, Bumrah getting injured. Yeah, they were playing with you know debutants like Siraj and uh, so Seni. Exactly, and that happened, and they won against a full fledged, full strong Australia. Now Australia okay. with that lack of depth, they lose so badly to Bangladesh. It it says something, right? Where 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 you know no one has beaten Australia in the Gabba. It's their fortress, and a side, an Indian side with Saini and Siraj, and you know an Indian side with the most experienced bowler having played two Test matches, beat Australia in their most strongest stadium, who also known as the fortress. I know it. It sounds it sounds really you know, um, it sounds bizarre that an Indian side would win. But you would expect an Australian side to beat Bangladesh. And Bangladesh also didn't have Tamim Iqbal, didn't have Mushfiqur Rahim. So, two of their main players were also not featuring. But Bangladesh had really, I think, their one of their batsmen, I think many of their batsmen were just uh, really, you know, out there expressing themselves. So, Mamadullah was one. Mohamed Naim, the opening, uh, was one who was, who was very good. Um, but in their middle-order batsman, Afif Hussain, I mean, not this match, but in the past T20s has been really good. Um, and I want to move on now from, you know, Bangladesh's batting, Australia's batting, to just Australia in 2020s, uh, not the year, but rather the format. Uh, what What's your thoughts on Australia playing T20 cricket? As Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, again, you mentioned players like Nathan Goulder and Bell Cutting. I think they again are very unreliable, um, and they're also getting pretty old. Nathan right. Goldenile is thirty-three years of age. Most of them are above twenty-eight. So, um, uh, again, I don't see Australian T Twenty cricket going anywhere. I think uh, Tim Payne still has a few years in him, and the bowling still has few years in him. But Australian batting, I think, doesn't look in good hands. It's not like, for example, you look at India, and we already have a line of young. Batsmen and bowlers, um, on get or like are already playing international cricket for India's main team. So I personally believe that I think Australian cricket needs a little more talent, and they um they're short actually. I think they don't have any young new player batsmen to take over from to take take the reins over from Smith Warner and Glenn Maxwell. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I think um. Uh, post that India defeat, uh, a lot of their players, I think they lost confidence in themselves. Uh, uh, they are uh, like the um, all like full respect to the Indian bowling. They bowled very, very, very well, and um, I think they just Australia got hurt. That how how come an Indian team in our fortress defeated us? So I think they lost a lot of confidence, and. Um, 
Uh, and I think their main and after that their main players and in that series their main players didn't really perform. Other than the uh, Smith, of course, got a hundred or odd in a, a few innings. Uh, otherwise, their players didn't perform well either. So now and uh, again, so now and of course you expect Australia to defeat Bangladesh and not get all out for sixty two. And all credit to the Bangladesh team, I think. Um, they used the pitch to their advantage, um, which Australia didn't. Australia didn't have that spin quality in them. And I, I think also what uh, gave Bangladesh the edge was they were scoring quick. Right. Uh, I think in the last game, uh, they made 33 runs of the first three overs without losing a wicket. Correct. They played quick. Not like Australia, who were just slogging on, um, not getting those singles, not switching strike. Were just just playing uh, playing along and had uh, and uh, just all the all of them were a strike rate of hundred 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 scoring a runner ball that doesn't exactly work uh, in a T Twenty format. I think the Australian team is needs to get a lot more T Twenty. They have to they have to change their mindset to play T Twenties. And uh, um, but I think Australian bowling this series particular did well. Uh, again, I think uh, that it was the batting that was uh, that lost Australia this series because um, I think um, our, um, Nathan Ellis and in the last game itself I'm talking about uh, Christian and Ellis again then um, from I think over the third over or to the 10th or 11th over they actually really slowed down their uh, run scoring. So their bowling, I think, is in good hands, but their batting looks really, really, really weak. Yeah, it does look shaky because I I would agree there are constant changes. Then the main batsmen are out. The new the kids are not performing in Philippi and McDermott is not, they're not performing. And I I personally do not like Moise, Moises Enriquez as a player. I mean, he's he was all right uh, in his prime, but and he's very good for the Sydney Sixers. But you know, he's not been um, very, very okay with the bat and ball. You know, one, two odd innings of 50s, but his average has just been down. His average is like 13 odd. And it's just not been great from him. Being an experienced player, I thought I would have expected more from him. But then again, can't blame him because he hasn't had a lot of match practice. He's not played a lot of cricket. So I think it's just overall really bleak picture for Australia in the T20 um, setup. And that is very worrying as, you know, an Australian cricket fan and as a cricket fan because, and I'm going to talk to you about this before we uh, finish off in a while. Um, you, I think you, I think you're very aware of what happened to Sri Lanka where, after the 2015 World Cup where yeah. Dilshan, Sangapara, yeah. all of them retired. All of them retired. Exactly, right? And do you see a similar picture? Because with Australia, Stark is 31, I think. Uh, you know, Cummins is around 30, uh, 28, 29. Uh, Kultana, uh, sorry, not uh, Maxwell is 32. Warner and Smith probably have a few years in them. And if by, let's say, the next three years, Australia are not able to build a complete new lineup or at least five, six players. Like, in test matches, I'm I'm not really worried because they have, for example, Labushain, uh, Will Pukowski, wonderful players. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, Cam Green also who played really well. Um, and you know, if we see we see Anderson, the Burnley Express playing with thirty nine and you know taking the uh, wickets, 
and oh, quick update on the India-England scorecard. Pujara has just, uh, well, just got off the mark a while ago. He's now 2 of 42. Yep. And that's it, Pujara. I don't... I'm, I'm happy he's batting. I can, I'm happy he can, he's not got out in 42 balls. <laughs> right. And Virat Kohli is playing well at 20 of 29. So Let's hope. Let's hope. I want Kohli to score 100. I just really want Kohli to score 100. Okay, then I'll close this because I don't want to say anything good about any of them. And then <laughs> I don't want to jinx any of it. But but yeah, as I was going back to Sri Lanka, right? So again, Australia in the test is okay in test matches. I told you they've got some players in and they could definitely they can have they can get some more. So there are a lot in the in the mix of the test setup. So for example, Ben McDermott was one of the good test players. Like in, he used to play the Sheffield Shield and he was very good. Um, that's why he's very slow. He's also kind of like Smith, not very aggressive. And I, I, I genuinely think uh, Steve Smith, um, again, oh, he's also 32, right? So many of these players are, you know, um, 31, 32, 32, 33 in that age. And so in the next three years, if Australia don't come up with, you know, a strong youth side or start inserting players, I think Labushin can play ODI. As well, so I wouldn't be really scared for the ODI in the test side, but I'm I am quite fearful for the T20 side because I wouldn't want a repetition of Sri Lanka there. What do you think? Yeah, definitely, this um the upcoming 23 World Cup might be the last for what definitely will be the last for the um, for the um for the Warner the Smith um Pat Cummins also since he's a bowler and. Yeah. I, an all rounder, but I think that is that we that will be last World Cup. I don't see them hanging around till twenty twenty seven at all. Um, it's all and yeah. So I think um and for again the, the definitely the last World Cup for Maxwell and even uh for maybe for Matthew Wade and even Moses Henriquez who's thirty four. Now we'll come to Moses Henriquez. I think that. Because the Australian team has relied so much on Smith and Warner, they don't have any other spot. They've played with the same team for ages and ages and ages and did not give anybody any chances. That is why I believe they don't have a future head. They did not think of it in the long term. Correct. Um, like uh, and now they're just starting to realize that okay, no, we need more players. That's where they sent a that's where they sent a um squad to Bangladesh with new players. Uh, who haven't played as much of international cricket. So, I think now they're starting to realize it. And again, I think uh, that Pukowski, Labushain, uh, these kind of players, uh, even um, even Marcus, uh, I, not Marcus Mar- Harris. Uh, yeah, and Marcus Harris as well. I think these, if these three, four players can adapt to the T20 format, then Australia might be covered. But, um, yeah, just time will tell. Yeah, definitely Cam Green as well. He he can be a very useful all rounder. So that is there, and you spoke about age. Finch is also thirty four. So I mean, I would see yeah. his career coming to an end very soon. There are, yeah, after this um, twenty three World Cup, a lot of the players, even the even the players from different countries, we might see this. This definitely is the last. We going to be the last World Cup for Kohli for Sharma. For Dhawan, maybe Bumrah. Uh, if Bumrah can is fit, he might play the 27 World Cup. 
I think this is the last World Cup for all of these big stars now. And I think after this World Cup, we might see the next gen of cricketers. But coming back to Australia being like Sri Lanka, it it all depends on these three, four players. Labuschagne, Cameron Green, uh, Will Pukowski and Marcus Harris. I think these three, four players, if they are able to fire, Australia can remain, can have that status in international cricket. But otherwise, I put, but otherwise there might, there's a high chance of Australia having the same story as Sri Lanka. Yeah, and that's going to be a little sad. So, we're going to see the end of an era, I'm guessing, if all... After this World Cup, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, see, the people, if you, if you just Google up young Australian cricketers, you find Will Pukowski at the top of the list. But then you have Oliver Davies, Bright Street. You, I mean, I haven't heard of them um, till date. Jason Sangha, I've heard of him all right because he's played in the Under-19 World Cup and all. But many of these batsmen haven't really gotten the chance in international cricket, which I think you have to start inserting one or two at a young age when they're 19, 20, 21, um, so that they get, you know, a kind of experience. Because if you look at Nathan Ellis, he made his debut. He's 26, he's going to be 27 in the next month. Yeah, it is, it is disappointing to see. That, again, I was come, that's what I said. They've played with the same team for years, like six and seven years. They've played with the exact same team that nobody else could even get a chance to play. Mm, that's, I mean, I, I, I don't like that because you wouldn't want someone making a debut when he's almost 27. Yeah, that's a story of uh, like Surya Kumar Yadav. Exactly. His debut at 30. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's quite sad because Surya Kumar Yadav has so much talent. He's going to be playing, I think, he's, look, he's played the T20s. I think he's played the, uh, like, uh, ODIs also. So, he's played both formats. And both formats is a really good average. ODI, he has an uh, average of 60. T20 yeah, has an average yeah. of, like, 48, 50. So that is a good, yeah. And we, he's already included in the test squad as well now. I know. So, it's, it's, it's good for him that, Okay, even though he made his debut at, you know, 29-30, he still has a chance to, you know, express himself in all the formats and play well in all the formats. But for someone like Nathan Ellis, especially now, Australia don't have a lot of cricket, uh, you know, in the next few months uh, because the IPL World Cup is there. Uh, then we'll have the Australian summer. But that's, again, mostly test cricket is what the Australian summer of cricket is all about. Yeah. And I think Australia coming to India also soon, right? Quick update on the England series. Uh, Virat Kohli has gotten out. All right. It is currently 56 or 3. Sam Curran, no, Sam Curran was bowling and uh, got edged and taken, caught back. Uh, Okay, now definitely uh, let's have just have a quick discussion uh, on the um, India series just for like a minute or so. At this kind of point of time, I think. Definitely, it is England's game. Right. Um, I don't think India can make it from here unless Pujara and Rane go on for another 300 runs, which looking at the recent form is unlikely. Pujara uh, has scored one more run than the last Three time. runs in 44 balls. Let's go, Pujara. <laughs> so, I mean, if he can stay like a rock on the other side, I think it depends on this, on these two batsmen now. It, it depends on uh, currently Pujara and or Rane. Yeah, and um, if one of them is out, it's going to be very difficult. If, if one of them is out, it looks too... If one of them is out, Pant will have to stick for a long, long time. And I think the ball is still fairly new. 
Um, how many overs have been? Only twenty overs have been. Twenty-four, and in England and the conditions, it is it was getting sunny and cloudy, so the ball is uh, relatively new. Um, so I think it can still play tricks. Definitely, yeah. it should be a good contest. I think it's it's going to be a good good day five tomorrow. What do you reckon about tomorrow? Yeah, uh, according to me, if Pujara and Rane both get out, the England are going to finish. Uh, the the day today only, uh, the game today only, but if they can stick on, I they, they should, I think India will probably battle the end of the day and declare. Um, and then it will be just try to get England all out tomorrow. And let's hope India's bowling has been all right. I mean, yeah. yes, England got to three ninety one. I think India just got a crack how to get Joe Root out at this moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, if uh uh. I think uh, currently, I think uh, the bowling can get Joe Root out. It is just that they need a little bit of luck, and they and uh, like the last game, I think uh, Ishan Sharma did a good job of clearing out the uh, starting part of the tail. But they the 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 last two three wickets were on for too long, and they got that lead of twenty uh, seven odd. Correct. I I do know Ishan. You know Ishan Sharma got two wickets, uh, when required. I think it got two also. And then Siraj was very good yesterday. Also, so Siraj was exceptional. So I just think they need to find a way to crack the code of Joe Root because England are heavily dependent. We talked about Australia being dependent. England, uh, England are, are de- current England squad is definitely dependent on Joe Root. Heavily dependent. We see again India not being dependent on Virat Kohli. That's the difference. Australia dependent on Smith Warner, England dependent on Root Morgan. India, India depend on depend on anybody who performs. Anybody and in every match you find one guy who performs. One guy like uh, last inning Rahul and Sharma performed. Exactly. This time both of them are not there, but you still I'm very sure that India are not going to collapse. You're going to find some two three people chipping in with cameos. That's going to take them to respectable score, and then their bowlers will do something. I mean, even if they end up losing, it won't be like a mugging. But Kohli has been out of form for so long. Kohli has not been. Yeah, I, I honestly think that he deserves the drop, and I'm actually, I actually think Sharma should be the um, uh, captain for the T20 World Cup. I think just a luck issue, and also that I'm a massive Sharma fan. Uh, regardless, um, uh, anyway, yeah, Kohli has been out of form. I don't know where he's. What's is there is something wrong with his mind? He's actually been out of form since uh, I think the seventy in the first test in England in in Australia. My bad. Yeah, in, right. Yeah, the seventy odd he had with Rah. He and Rahane had a partnership of I think a one forty or something. He made a seventy odd. Yeah, after that I don't think he's played a match. Uh, where he scored. We have like seen that seventy that we usually Indians when Indians usually see Kohli he scores scores a hundred comes out guns blazing that Kohli hasn't been there even now you look yeah batting look, on the field he's very aggressive but for some reason I don't find that when he's batting correct it's just I don't I don't see that you know and it's gonna be difficult but at least the good thing is India's Winning or like in a position without without, without him, performing right last test match it was very close to winning obviously rain is you know rain is rain in England but even even without Kohli it was very close to winning I mean one fifty England uh, India needed so I'm I'm sure even if Kohli would have gone out for that day 
they could have done it. Yep. They could have done it. Um, because you know India has not been, and that's the thing about we when we're talking back, uh, about depth and how you know depth is very important at the age of cricket, and I think that's a very wonderful place to leave this conversation. Talking about the new era of cricket, we will see after. 2024, maybe 2025, around that time, I think I see um, a new side uh, for many teams. Maybe that's when Sri Lanka and South Africa and West Indies will be able to get some stability because they've been in the process of transformation for so long and long and long. Maybe that's the time they get, you know, their Let's time. Let's hope. Time. That's all. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, uh, Riyanj, it's been an absolute um, honor and amazing time, uh, you know, talking to you, talking to you, all things cricket. Um, it's been really great having you on the show. I think uh, we should do this more often, maybe after the England, uh, after this test match, maybe in a few days, we'll shoot another one. Um, definitely. It was a pleasure coming on this and thank you, Prarad, so much uh, definitely. for having me here. I'd love to have you a lot, a lot more. Um, if your internet doesn't die on you like the other day, I think we can have you for a lot more. Uh, this is Voices with a little bit of Prahlad ending. I think we've had a great conversation. All things cricket. Thank you, Riyanj. And let's hope to have a good test match, a good test series, and next month a good IPL as well. Take care. Definitely. Bye. Bye-bye. Good day. Bye.